Ladies and gentlemen, listening from around the world, we are live! Welcome to this episode of Tailgates and Teasers! And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, introducing your host, Drew Werner! It's time! Alright, what's going on everybody? I'm your host, Drew Werner. Welcome to the debut episode of Tailgates and Teasers. It is July 9th, 2020. And it's been a crazy year, to say the least. I'm uh, hoping to bring you a little escape from the world and somewhere you can tune in and listen about sports, current events, all while keeping it fun, lighthearted, just as if we were out tailgating, hanging out, and drinking some brewskis. So with that said, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review. Rate us five stars. We would appreciate that greatly. Before we get started, shout out real quick to Tobin Costin and Josh Hammer for creating the Cost and Hammer Network and bringing this podcast over to it, and Jake Ward for producing this podcast. I'm excited to be working with all of you and be a part of the CHN family. Thank you to all those who followed us on Instagram at Tailgates and Teasers. We are well over 100 followers and haven't even really released any content to you yet, this being the first episode. So thank you for the early support. Continue to like, comment, and share our post. And special shout out real quick to our business partners, the Broken Bat Workshop and Pure Effect Golf. Be sure to check them out on social media as well. Receive discounts with code TNT10 for 10% off your order at the Broken Bat Workshop and code TELGATES, all caps, for 20% off your order at Pure Effect Golf. A little bit about me before we get going. I've been around sports my entire life. Obviously, I love the games, but there's a deeper meaning to that that pertains to life. There's so much to be learned, so much that makes you and develops you into who you are and who you grow into as a person, uh, the connections you build, and the lifelong friendships that you make out of it. So I grew up playing sports and eventually got a scholarship to play baseball at Holy Names University in the California Bay Area. It's a small Division II school, part of the PacWest Conference, and I played middle infield there my senior year. I played utility, got a little time in the outfield, and uh, wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. You know, I met a lot of great people on the way, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to play there. Uh, I graduated in 2019 with a bachelor's in business, with a concentration in sports management and marketing, and now I'm currently continuing school there and uh, getting my master's in education, teaching credential in PE, and I am a Graduate assistant for the Sports Information Department, where Holy Name sponsors 13 NCAA Division II sports. And my role is basically creating anything and everything for the public eyes and ears to promote our teams and school. Uh, so with all that said, my guest today is Aiden McIntyre. He's a friend of mine, former HNU teammate, former housemate, and current Oakland A's pitching prospect. About seven months ago, he stopped by the school, and we did a podcast together and uh, basically planned the seed in my head to start one of my own. So because it was him that motivated me, it's only right that I have him on today as my first guest for the debut episode. But before I bring him on, I'm going to give a little background on Aiden. I think he has a great story to tell. He played high school baseball as a third baseman middle infielder where he only hit 134, and when he got the opportunity to pitch, he went 0-4, had three strikeouts, 18 walks, a 7.87 ERA, and he's going to hate me for saying this, but a 78-mile-an-hour a fastball. Uh, bless his soul, he stuck with it and transitioned to pitching as he wanted to continue to play college baseball. He went to three junior colleges, the first one being Yavapai Junior College in Arizona, where he got cut in the fall, and then his freshman year, he went to another JC in Colorado called Otero, and then transferred his sophomore year to San Diego City, where he had a good enough year to get a scholarship to keep playing baseball in the PacWest Conference. That is a Division II conference, and he went to Holy Names University, 
And in 2018, he was drafted in the 22nd round, the 653rd pick of the draft by none other than the Oakland A's. So with that said, episode one starts now. Aiden, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Good to have you here. Absolutely. Stoked to be on. Sorry, I was kind of roasting you there in the intro. I didn't mean to do that, but uh, I feel like everyone has uh, yeah. that, uh, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, hopefully some people can start in better spots too. That'd be good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't take any of it, any of it personal now. <laughs> um, so are you in uh, San Diego, Arizona right now? I know you're originally from Arizona, but are you apartment shopping in San Diego? What are you doing right now in the off season for minor leagues? Um, so yes, I'm from Arizona, live in Tempe. Um, and I've been out there since spring training. So January, I was up in Washington at driveline, um, been in Arizona for a few months. And then, um, my plan since last off season was to move to San Diego in the off season. Um, cause it's just my, like, I guess my favorite like spot to be yeah. a huge fan of the beach, kind of like the lifestyle. Definitely. Uh, and again, I mean, can't really beat it. I love Arizona too, for like escaping some of the hundred degree heat isn't the worst thing in the world. So right. I'm out here for a few days, um, just figuring a few things out and then should be out here living here by the end of the month. So nice. Yeah. If I was to it. live, uh, in one spot in SoCal, it'd definitely be San Diego for sure. Absolutely. Uh, San Diego is yeah. awesome, man. I, it's hard to beat for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Aiden, before we get going here today, um, there was a foundation that you mentioned to me earlier that you wanted to bring onto the show. Um, you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that um, I wanted to do was if I can kind of bring awareness to a foundation or a cause that um, someone's working hard on and just bring any awareness to it, I thought that, that would be a good idea. So um, what I want to bring on today is... Um, the foundation called Myth, and so I'll give you guys the donation link and kind of a rundown of what that is. One more time, so, what is it called? Myth, M-I-S-S. Myth. Um, okay. So it was founded by um, Jada Elcock, who is the sister of good friends of mine and amazing family. Um, so Jada Elcock, Jasmine Graham, Amani Weber-Schultz, and Carly Jackson. And so MISS, M-I-S-S, stands for Minorities in Shark Sciences. Um, so it's a program to increase diversity in marine biology. Uh, MISS aims to help women of color break down social and financial barriers uh, to make their way into the shark science field. Uh, donations will go towards funding, travel of program, participants um, who will go to Miami Field School um, to gain experience in snorkeling and shark tagging. So I uh, wanted to bring that on. I think that what she's doing and like what they've already, the amount of money they've already raised has been awesome. And so if we can put that on and um, people would like to donate, that would be hugely appreciated. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that on. I'll be sure to uh, put the link and attach it to the podcast, maybe throw it in the Instagram bio as well. So awesome. Thanks. Absolutely. Everybody. Very cool. So you heard all those uh, insulting stats there that I threw at you at the beginning. <laughs> But let's talk about, you know, your positive. Uh, as you got older, you just continued to get better and better and develop mm -hmm. more and more as a player and off the field as well. Um, you know, let's fast forward to your junior and senior year in college. Uh, you know, your first two years, as I said, you went to a couple JCs and then uh, ended up moving around, bouncing around. And then you were able to stay in California, which was your ultimate goal, right, to keep playing college ball. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people – it's hard to like find, I guess, like um, pro players who didn't all take the same route, but there's honestly a lot of guys who their route looks different. And I just peaked super late. Um, I like to treat my, yeah, I like to treat my, my senior year of college was really the first year that like I started acting like a pro player or putting in like that amount of time and that amount of training. So in like, almost in my head, like my, my senior year of college was like my year one. So yeah. that's where like, I'm really hoping by year four, I'll be, I'll be pretty solid. So, yeah. uh, 
So yeah. yeah, your junior year, uh, 50 Ks, you were throwing mid eighties and I got to see you play then, you know, we were on the same college team nice. and then, uh, that summer, man, it's like you came back a completely different player. You went up to driveline. Talk a little bit about that summer for you, what you did to, you know, prepare yourself and put yourself in a situation to ultimately get drafted and move on to the next level. Absolutely. First off, huge shout out to driveline. Um, yeah. So, I mean, after my junior year, I was, my junior year was, I guess, the best I had been so far in college. Um, but it was one of those, like, I was good for kind of, like, where I was at. And, like, I was pretty average. I mean, I'd have a good outing. I'd have a bad outing. Right. Um, and so I remember it was probably, like, the last month of season when I was kind of, like, it hit me the whole, like, because I had a lot of friends who were seniors. And so all of them are talking about, like, their next job or, like, the life after baseball yeah, and like moving on and staying, I think right. yeah and I think that like scared the hell out of me mm-hmm. um because you didn't want to stop I, playing you wanted to keep playing yeah right yeah and it wasn't so much that I think what clicked finally was it wasn't so much that I just like wanted to play forever right. it was that like I wanted to feel like when my career was over um I actually like could live with it because I think a lot of people always have regrets about I wish I did this. I wish I did. And so for me, it was like that realization of like, if my career ended my junior year, I would have been pretty like, I wouldn't have felt good about myself. So especially um, being young too, you don't want to live with any regret mm-hmm. looking back 15 yeah. years from now. Fuck, you know, like I wish I would yeah. have thrown harder and maybe had the chance to get drafted. Right. Go yeah. all in while you can and yeah. look back later and be like, all right, I can, I can live with that. So, mm-hmm. right. And that's what it came down to. So that was, I found uh drive lines just like did kind of like research and right. uh looked up a few places i mean and so i got booked for driveline on the summer 17 and that was like the whole um you're gonna go there and like you know train and like hopefully create this yeah. um, next level that i knew i needed to be at because like for i guess like how good i was i knew how good i needed to be to get drafted so i wasn't like there was no like right I wasn't lying to myself about that. So Yeah. So then you came back senior year, 105 strikeouts in less innings than the junior year, and you set a school record with that. A um, lot of scouts towards the end of the year. You know, I was lucky enough to be able to play behind you, and I noticed pregame there were dudes lining up everywhere. They were coming out. What was, like, the adrenaline rush those last few games? Did you, did you have an adrenaline yeah. rush? What was that like for you, man? Yeah. I mean, I think – my what so i came back from driveline my fall is pretty not great at hnu um i think i hit like 90 a few times and so like i knew going into season um i had i lived with you so you saw my i had like the whole dream board oh, vision boy. board whatever you want to call it yeah <laughs> and I, I had like my i think i had five goals for season and one of them was like throw 94 um strike out 100 people right and I, I mean, I think I was like, I was like, oh, I want like a two five ERA. That didn't happen, but not even double that happened. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it didn't go according to plan, but um, I was aware that I had like done my research, and in my mind, if I could throw ninety four and strike out over a hundred people, which isn't something that gets done right, a, lot, a lot, you could get. Um, yeah, and I was like, that should yeah. hopefully be enough. And right. so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get any attention my senior year until. Uh, the second, the I had two starts left in college. It was so late. Two starts left in my whole career. Yeah. And I got one questionnaire, and I remember like it was obviously biggest like thing in the world for me. Right. Um. And then, I mean, my senior day was like like you were explaining was my senior day was like uh, I mean I couldn't have written it up any better. Um. It was my one of my better outings in college. Yeah. You got the win and, like, that you day said, too. I mean. We didn't, did. we didn't get a I, whole I, lot I of wins, man, in college. But, hey, you got it on your senior day, the last game. I that's went, what it matters. I went, yeah, I went 2-9 and nine my draft year. I think that's what people, like, forget. Yeah. Because they want to give me credit and they want to, like – but, like, I went – I got drafted with a 2-9 and nine record and, like, a 5-7 ERA. I, I think I walked most people in the conference, like – but, again, like, what we'll touch on later is, like, where baseball is going and, like, yeah, um, we'll get there. I guess the direction didn't matter. So yeah, but um, senior day was unbelievable. Um, right. I mean, I had gotten one questionnaire, and then like 
senior year day, there was like 20 scouts. And I, I mean, like you said, adrenaline. And I mean, I remember knowing in like the first inning that like today was going to be the day that either I was going to get drafted or not literally based on just that day. Right. And I mean, I love it. I know a lot of people like, because I mean, I thought that in the first inning, I thought it in the bullpen. And then I remember uh, going to the mound and like throwing. It was the first time I've ever seen like radar guns go up. And right. I remember just like, I love that. Right. Like that, uh, that like kind of like pressure too. Cause like, obviously if I did poorly, like that was my ticket. Um, and so in my mind, it was like, well, you know, you've trained your whole life for this. Like you can't, right. you can't do poorly. So, so a couple of weeks yeah. later or a month later, uh, draft comes around draft day. Day one goes by nothing. Day two goes by nothing. Last day of the draft. Um, you haven't been picked yet. And then 22nd round, 653, the local team, my favorite team in the entire MLB, the Oakland A's. Call you, text you. What was that day like for you? I mean, I knew going into the draft, the third day was my only shot. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I knew I wasn't a top 10 rounder. I was, that was the whole people asked me if I was, I was confident that someone was going to take me because I'd had enough like feedback that like, hey, I mean, we're going to snag you later in the round. Um, I actually thought 22nd round was earlier than I expected. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I would have taken 40th round. So I was, yeah. I was in it for the long haul. But um, yeah, I mean, I had a few teams message me that like text me that day, and then I think it was the 20th round because I had a few teams text me and it was like the 20th round and it was the whole like confirmation of are you going to sign which I mean like yeah I was going to sign for I want to keep yeah. playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. um but I think I got texted like the 21st round and then right the coolest thing was I still have like that memory of because I'm sitting there with my whole family mm-hmm. um and we're watching it on the tv and your phones are a little faster if you right. don't know this so TV's if anyone listening delayed. to this is yeah, if anyone's listening to this, um, if you're waiting on a draft call, phones are going to be faster. So I saw. Do not disturb. I think it was. I think I like. Yeah, I think I like looked at it and I saw it on my phone. Right. And I kind of like put it down and like my sister saw it and I mean like two seconds later was when they announced it. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean honestly, probably to this day, like one of my favorite like moments. Um, as I think you talk to anyone who gets like Obviously. drafted, like yeah. That's that moment's nice pretty in unreal, your life, you know. You're yeah. continuing to play the I mean, game what they, that you love and all, everything. Yeah. Absolutely. And and yeah, it's like and that's the moment that you get to enjoy it. Right. And then obviously, like you got to go right back to work. And then reality just sets to like in have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my one of my favorite lines that I was told on on the day I was drafted <laughs> was through one of my old summer ball coaches, um, Howard Karsh, and the line was he's congratulating me. Um, and I forget what he said. He was, uh, and he was like, I hope you know that now that you're drafted, like you'll never be the best player on your team ever again. <laughs> uh, I remember like that, like definitely hit me. And I was like, good job, but it's not over. Yeah. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. So yeah. So I right. thought that was, um, so you go to rookie year. Um, you have a pretty good rookie year. You get all the way up to triple a. Yeah. Uh, I know that was to fill a hole. Right, there were a lot uh-huh. of people being called up, and there were some injuries. Yeah. But still, your rookie Late year movement. to get that opportunity to, you know, be noticed and climb your way all the way from rookie ball to AAA. That's pretty awesome. And then you had four scoreless innings to go on top of it. Talk about that yeah. game. You're in Nashville, all these people, and you go out on the mound for the first time at that high of a level. You're like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> rookie year was kind of up and down I think early on my rookie year was very um I was very like questioning because the whole like it came from a d2 you know kind of didn't start out very well but really got it going fast um yeah and as soon as I mean it was like two maybe a few weeks and I was like I gotta it like hit me with the whole I gotta do this my way so that like again the whole like so I can live with what I did um right yeah, I mean, I threw pretty well in the AZL. Again, I'm like 22, 23 years old in the AZL, or 22. And the AZL's average age is like 19. You're just facing like children. But um, <laughs> yeah, so then and end of the year, um, A's are making a playoff push. And there was a ton of movement. And we're told like, 
there's all like the rumors about like guys are going to be moved around and like I mean in my mind I'm like old enough to understand that like you don't go from rookie ball anywhere up um right especially year one we, right yeah. yeah well we hadn't thrown and like we hadn't thrown many innings and there were spots that needed filling yeah so we were able to it was like a group of four of us five of us five of us um and yeah I mean the outing was uh pretty nerve-wracking like the whole experience was super um nerve-wracking and something I'd never experienced I mean I bet man. you know it like we barely we barely played in front of fans right. I think um what do you, I mean how many fans would you say was the biggest crowd we played of it in front of at H and U? I don't know, dude. Probably like <laughs> sixty to eighty people. Yeah, and like maybe, maybe on the road, on like day, yeah, like I think on the road maybe you get like two hundred. Oh yeah, so, on the road probably um, a couple hundred for sure. But at yeah. our place, not not a whole yeah. lot. Yeah, and so that was all I remember. Like, and the coolest thing about it was everyone involved was great. Right. I mean, everyone made us feel extremely welcome. Um, they were really grateful for us to be there. So certain guys didn't have to throw anymore. But again, I mean, it's just such a different situation. Like I wasn't used to it. Um, the AZL isn't quite like other, like, uh, like levels and stuff. It's kind of still, right. you're very much like, kind of like being taken care of and being told what to do. So it's definitely different. Like right away, uh, pitching coach, um, comes up to me and he's like, we're, uh, you're going to, your first out of the pen today. So, I mean, I, and I think in a way I'm like, that's how I'm kind of like, I'm built for that. Like just like going with it. And so I'm pretty good at, um, I think the less time I have to think sometimes the better. Yeah. I think so you're really good at like, adjusting to situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I like from the time I showed up to the ballpark to the time I like was going to be pitching was like four hours. Right. So I didn't like have a lot of time to like, I guess like overthink it or do anything like that. Um, probably did you so yeah I wasn't too mad about it but I mean like we're barely getting uniforms like it's the last series of the year and again now that like I've been to an affiliate for a full year like the end of the year is rough like you're everyone wants to go home like you're trying to kind of get out of there yeah Um, you've been around these dudes for like the last 150 plus days pretty exhausting right Um, but yeah so I mean that like I mean, it was, I was supposed to pitch in like the fourth inning or something. And pretty much, uh, there was a long top half of the inning. So like our team put up a bunch of runs and they're like, you got to go get hot now. And I threw the worst pregame bullpen I've ever thrown. Perfect. Um, again, I mean, <laughs> it's a sold out Friday night in Nashville. Um, I've never, I've never seen fans like this. Right. And so, I mean, people are watching bullpen, like, Oh crap, this guy's the bullpen, going <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, I remember actually getting heckles. Um, so the bullpen is facing home plate. Okay. So that's why I'm like, I'm like trying not to get yipped up and overthrow every pitch. And so I'm just like, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like robbing it. And they're like, Hey, like you got to get going. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. You know, like kind of tried to like, not really. And, um, right. In my mind, I was just like, all right, as soon as like I get out there, there's going to be enough adrenaline to take over and I'm good. Right. Um, and like the whole, so yeah, but my bullpen was brutal. And I just remember getting like tricked by one guy. He's like, are you like, are you even warming up? Right. Like, what is that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, yeah. So I started, <laughs> I went in the set. Yeah. I went in the second inning. Um, and I remember running out to the mound and that was when, I feel like all the like kind of like shit that I went through right like to get there it, like all like I think it's like from um for the love of the game the movie how it's like that the quiet right like you can just like hear clear. and so like I just like I didn't hear anything clear the I was mechanism. like running in yes sir yeah clear it <laughs> so I'm running in can't hear a thing um and the only thing I told myself is like once you get to the mound it's 60 feet 6 inches and that's like where I'm most comfortable Right. So that was, I mean, and that's like the whole flashing back to, I remember going to like A's games with you my senior year, Giants games, and always like sitting in the crowd, knowing that if I had to pitch right now, that I could do that. Right. Which is kind of crazy to think about, because like, I've never pitched in front of more than a few hundred people, but 
yeah, I mean, the game was... That's what I'm going back think, to uh, when, it said, when I said, like, the adjustment period that you have, right? Yeah. Like, you're really good at yeah. adjusting to situations, and I think that's why you mm-hmm. thrive in, in, when you're put in those kind of situations, right? So... Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, that, that game couldn't have gone any better. And I remember talking, like, I actually visited you guys really briefly after, and, like, yeah, I mean, the game just went, like, perfectly. Um, I threw really well. Uh, and, I mean... Pitching, I think the one thing I noticed is like pitching with that defense. And um, I mean, I was pitching to Bruce Maxwell, who's a big league catcher. Yeah. I mean, just making me look way better than I am. Uh, and like the defense was great. So I think that that made it really easy to feel comfortable. Gotcha. So yeah, I ended up snaking a win. Uh, and I, uh, so I left, uh, left the year with a triple A W, which is pretty unheard of. And, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So I think after the game, um, and I kind of got called in and I was talking with the coaches, um, Rich Rod and, um, and Reardon and the question, I think one of them asked me like, what was the most people I'd ever like played in front of? I was like, cause they were like, tonight was sold out as like 11,000 or something. And I was like, I mean, most people I've ever played in front of is like 200. So about, about 11, about 11,000 more people than I've ever thrown in front of. Um, right. Yeah. It was, I mean, couldn't have really asked for a better first year. Absolutely. So then the next year, which is year two of pro ball for you in the minor league system, you go to low a over in Beloit, Wisconsin, home of the snappers where you had 27 total appearances and 22 of those 27 appearances were starts. And then that year, you go crazy. So you already have the AAA, four scoreless innings, and a win on your resume. And then you have <laughs> the Midwest League and Oakland A's minor organization leader for strikeouts that year. 150 Ks, you lead all those pitchers in, in the league and the organization in 112 and two-thirds innings. So how did you react to that? Like, what did other people react to that as? Um, I think it was mixed. I think obviously a lot of people were happy for me. Um, I think at the same time, it wasn't um, fully like the, like, I guess like the full circle year I would have hoping for um, along with leading in strikeouts. I also led in walks. Uh, and again, I mean, you gotta yeah. be good at something and uh, I was good at both. So um, but yeah, it was a, it was like, it was definitely a learning experience that first year. And I think as much as you prep for it, you really can't be ready for that first like full season. But what I was most proud of was that I was healthy all year. Right. I didn't miss an outing. Um, wouldn't say my, I like ended the year like physically feeling very well. Okay. But um, yeah, definitely added some weight. Uh, season got a little long, but I was happy that I was able to kind of do what, I mean, I guess like, show what I did best and prove that like what I did in college, my senior year and what I did my AZL year weren't like flukes. And again, I mean, I know for a fact that like what helps in baseball for pitches are now strikeouts. So like my goal is going to be, my goal going in was like, I'm going to strike out. That's my mentality is I'm going to strike out as many people as possible. And I mean, maybe there's flaws in that, but like it worked to get me there. And I mean, I can, I'm refining it a little bit now, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I had a great first half, uh, my like month after the all-star break was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you could yeah. find a worse like pitcher. I don't think you could find a worse like month for a pitcher in baseball. Right. Uh, I remember but that. I was, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, he got torched tonight, but Hey, yeah, it was like, well. you finished the year good. So it's okay. Yeah. Finished really well. Um, did end up leading the Midwest League. I think I finished um, top ten in all of the minor leagues and strikeouts on the year. I mean, there were some ridiculous numbers though. Like, yeah, I was like top ten, but like there were some guys who like were way above me. So, um, still to lead the yeah, entire I mean, I'm, organization I'm, in strikeouts. That's pretty. Mm-hmm. That's saying something. Definitely. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was really proud of it. I think that I was like, I just know that. I think all late round guys kind of have a chip on their shoulder to some extent. And I don't particularly like to have a chip on my shoulder because I think sometimes it weighs you down. Um, Because I think I am just as good as everyone else there. 
And so I think that um, for me, it was just proving myself. And that's, I mean, until the day, like the jersey's off my back, that's going to be my mentality is like, I need to prove myself just a little bit more. Gotcha. Okay. So then this past year, um, when did you start working for driveline exactly? Cause now you're an online trainer for driveline. I know that I you really, uh, love what they do and what they preach up there. Talk a little bit about what your role is. Um, I know there's crazy 2020, a lot going on with the coronavirus and everything right now, especially yeah. for minor <laughs> leaguers, but you also partnered with watch momentum, Trevor Bowers company. Um, mm-hmm. so you're kind of got to work, got to do some work with them. Yeah. So you're growing a lot like, on social media and stuff like that, but what is the main message you have for like people that join driveline when you're training them and, um, through watch momentum, what is your role basically? Uh, I think what I realized was after last year, last year was like, it was hard on me. It was a long year. And I think at the end of it, I was kind of, um, wasn't like almost like the biggest fan of the game. I was kind of frustrated with some of it. And I think that what I wanted, my goal was this year, um, starting in kind of like January was I want to leave the game better than I found it. I want to give people opportunities and I want to help like the next generation in any way that I can. And whether that's being like super blunt and kind of like being realistic or being very kind of like helpful um, and going back and forth. So that's like my goal and driveline gives me an amazing outlet to do that. Um, So I think I started working for them in um, October last year. Okay. And I mean, I love them as a, as a company and the people involved. Um, I mean, they created me. Like I, right. and again, like I did the work and stuff, but like they gave me that option right. and they gave me kind of like, I guess, rebranded how I thought about the game. So to get a chance to like work with them is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, I still see myself as like, I mean, just like two years ago, I was really nobody and they kind of changed some of that. So now they got that brand new facility up there too. I, I don't know if you've seen it. I, I think that's you have, sweet. Man, that is I haven't tight. gone there yet though. That is tight. They got a squat racks, all these hitting cages. Yeah. Mounds everywhere. It's massive. Sweet. That's all I was saying. I was like, it looks like a, it looks like a Costco. Oh, that <laughs> thing is massive. I can't wait to see it though. I'm going to be up there at some point this off season. Gotta yeah. check it out. Coronavirus this year, minor leaguers, not really letting you guys play. I mean, they canceled the season for you. They yeah. got 60 games for the pros. Um, but what was your reaction like being in the A's organization? You know, John Fisher came out and said that he's not going to pay you guys. One of the, I think the only organization to do that. And then it, like, yeah. a couple weeks later, he comes back and says, all right, I'll pay you guys. But th- that two week span, I remember talking to you and you were like, what am I going to do, man? Am I going to DoorDash? Am I going to Uber? Like what, what the hell am I going to do? So talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, everything going on with COVID has, I mean, just huge like implications for everyone and like has been very um, negatively affected a lot of people. So first off, I'm super grateful that me and like uh, the people I'm with are healthy and that I'm in the situation I was in. But from a baseball perspective, I mean, I remember sitting in like my locker and like, we were kind of like everyone, I think really was underplaying how big it was. And I remember, so like, I wasn't even at the facility and one of our, our clubby called me and he goes, you like, you got to come in and get your stuff because like everyone was out that day. So went in, got it all. And I mean, at that point, guys thought that it was like, oh, they're just going to put us in a hotel and like, we'll be back in a few days. And I mean, I think I rem- I feel like I adapted really quickly to like, this might be a lot longer and a lot worse than we think. So I think from a baseball perspective, I mean, I think we left like the maybe March, like 15th, something like that. I don't know. And I remember leaving and like, I mean, four days later, I started training. Um, Shout out Dean Jackson and X2 Baseball uh, for giving me a place to train and giving like, I remember (laughs) 
And the dean was like, because I was kind of like, I think that this is going to like take out our season. And so I realized that in March. Right. And what I decided right then was that I wanted to act like season was canceled. And I wanted to see how like good I could get during however long it was going to be. Um, and kind of pretty much just continue as if it was off season. So I did a lot of throwing before, but I was like, I can start a strength program. I can get in way better shape. And I mean, I just, I needed something to do. I needed to work. And so, I mean, I, I think like it was less than a week and I was into a full strength program. I had fully shifted my focus. Like in my mind, there was no season for us right. in March. And I think that helped me because it gave me um, clarity uh, pretty early on that like your year is going to look much different than you thought it was. And you got to start now. Right. So what are you working on right now? Exactly. I mean, obviously you're working out and throwing every day. Is there a specific pitch that you're trying to develop more? Is there, are you just trying to gain velo on your fastball? What exactly are you working on right now? Yeah. So I'm very fortunate to have a great group uh, to kind of create planning, give me programming. Um, and so we immediately went into strength was one of my weaknesses. Um, I had pretty much trained all off season. I'd lost a bunch of weight. I'd start throwing a little bit better, but like I wasn't, didn't have time to do it all. So, um, I immediately went into a strength program and I mean, from March until now, like every lift I've gained 20 plus pounds. I mean, physically I'm, I'm in way better shape than I was, which again, it gave me something to do. Like I needed to like, I see progress. I needed to do something. And so, yeah, just in a strength-based program. And then this last like month and a half, we shifted into mound work. So again, D-Lo on fastball. I mean, I'm, my goal is to touch a hundred next spring. What are you sitting at? And right I know. Um, so my, my PR ever before, or I hit, so I hit 96 last spring training. So 2019. And then during season, I topped 94. Um, I averaged 91. And so this, I've been consistently like 93 to 96 these last like two to three months. That's good. Like even like, so like now it's like a down day, a down day is like 92, 94. Gotcha. And, um, so, I mean, I'm, my goal is to like, be a mid to upper nines guy and that's something to work towards and right. um, the strength is a huge part of that so um, but yeah I mean I'm in I'm like the best shape I've ever been in and I still have like that's why I'm I know quarantine sucks and like everyone season getting shut down but like this is the greatest opportunity that we will ever have as a baseball player right you can't tell me when you're ever going to have like pretty much a year straight to just train that's unbelievable. Like what you can do in a year versus an off season after a season, totally different. So well, you're definitely gonna I'm trying to make players some... that come back and have worked compared to those that, you know, drinking beers yeah. and out on the couch all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's gonna, it's gonna separate guys for sure. And that's why I think, um, guys don't fully understand yet. Cause some guys didn't like do very much during these three months. Cause they thought there was going to be a season. So maybe they like just kind of trained or stayed in shape. And it's like, I think the guys who didn't work hard during these three months, I don't see them working hard for the next eight months either. So that's kind of the reality check of it is, you know, if you're a guy who's like just now kind of like, Oh, well, you know, I'll take my off season and then I'll like, I'll gear up. Like there's going to be dudes who absolutely jump you, like who are just going to be leaps and bounds better. Um, And wherever you were going into this year, that's going to change because some guys are going to make bigger strides than you. So Hey, so how do you feel about the current image of the game of baseball right now? I mean, you got the Astros last year, right? Cheating, uh, banging on cans, all that stuff. And then you have the virus this year, minor leagues getting completely canceled, um, 60 games for the pros, and then the constant butting of the heads on coming to a decision between the players and the owners. What is that like in your eyes um, for the game of baseball right now? Is that a, obviously it's a negative, right? Because the game itself is losing popularity a uh, little bit by little bit. But um, in, yeah. your, in your eyes, like, just from a player's perspective, give me, give me your thoughts. 
Yeah, I think um, as like a huge baseball fan myself, like, I mean, I'm a nerd of the game growing up as like a kid. That was like my thing. That's what I was good at was understanding the game. Like, I mean, knew a ton of history about it. And so I think it's hard to always see baseball in like such a negative light. Um, right. Because I still do think it's very like a lot of people love it. And I think that the whole, like, it's losing popularity. Yeah. No, let um, me be clear. I love the game. I think that it's great. Yeah. I have no problem with it besides all everyone trying to, like, change the rules and change exactly. the game itself. Yeah, yeah. But, like, everyone gets so – I think they try to focus on the people that don't love baseball so much and that don't mm-hmm. watch the game for the full nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead well, of I focusing think sometimes, on the fans that love the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think sometimes trying to shift the game to, like, get this very short – um, I guess increase in popularity. I think we'll end up leaving other people not as big of a fan of the game anymore. Right. So, I mean, I I think that there's like so much that baseball could do right now to improve the image and to improve the game. And I mean, a lot of it is again just like like you talked about with momentum, right. and that's like what momentum does. In my opinion, momentum is one of the best in the game for moving it forward. Right. Um, making it, I think one of the biggest things, like the game isn't very interactive. Um, like kids don't feel like they know players. Because again, players kind of just like mostly shut off and like they kind of just do their job and like that's fine. But there's so many characters inside the game that if you can just showcase that, I mean, it's, it's just like it's a ton of fun. So I think that. So um, if you're the commissioner, think, you're trying to get players more involved with the fans. That's what you would try to change? Um, I think I would try to get players more involved in the fans, but I also think that I would understand like how to do that. And I think it'd be fairly easy, like miking players up, I think showing different views for batting practice, like right. having teams like kind of, but I also think players want to do stuff. That's the problem is players now want to do stuff. And there's kind of like this image around the game that if you try to do something to like, I guess your own brand or like kind of like give something back to the fans, it's like seen as selfish. Okay. People like see it as you're trying to promote yourself right. um, versus like you're trying to grow the game. And so that's like a lot of the times kind of like guys like Bauer or Bauer anyone who come out. Aubrey like, Huff, that, a couple of weeks ago, that was kind of a interesting back yeah. and forth, you know, with the whole calling him out for rings, <laughs> yeah. his participation stuff. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that my opinion is if you're trying to grow the game and your own brand at the same time, I don't have a problem with that. Absolutely. Especially if you're improving the game. Yes. And that's like that's clearly what he's, what he's doing. doing. So yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. I don't I think the game's going in a good direction though. I think that there's a lot of negativity about it right now, but I actually think that we're moving in the right, like I think it's going to shift and it's going to go in a better direction. There's so much like talent and the game's. I think the game is more fun than it's ever been. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a big fan of strikeouts and home runs, like that, and I think a lot of people aren't, but I also think that's interesting. So, yeah, I got you. Superstitions that you have as a player. What do you do before you start a game? Do you have any playlists? Things you eat? Things you wear? I noticed that you're a leg sleeve guy. Do you <laughs> a wear a leg, leg sleeve? sleeve? Singular leg sleeve. Yeah. Do you throw, do you wear one <laughs> under your jersey or no? No, no, no. I started. I started that this off season. Okay. So first off, before it starts getting trademarked and other people start selling my idea, I've been rocking uh, one leg sleeve since January, and I got proof of that. So yeah, um, yeah a guaranteed two miles an hour on your fastball. Yeah, don't that's take his damn that's... idea. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm honestly, I'm not a superstitious um, person. I guess superstitions and habits though kind of cross over. So like I have a ton of habits that I follow and a routine um, on game day or even the night before, like pretty much every day I have my plan and I have my habits and, but I don't consider myself superstitious. I don't care what shoe I tie first. And, but there are certain things I do care about. Like when I start my routine, the thought process I'm going through and all of that. But like, I don't know. I'm not a big like superstitions guy. Cause again, it, I, it just doesn't work for me. Like you need to be able, like, I think the one thing that superstitions make guys, it makes guys kind of weak because if you don't get to do all your things, then like you're going into the game thinking like, I can't do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like the less that you have that, like 
to control, the better. Right. Okay. So now we're going to get into the teaser segment of the episode. Um, <laughs> I put it out on the Instagram story yesterday. People were able to okay. comment questions, um, topics, or stories they wanted to hear from you. So I'm going to kind of rapid fire um, a bunch of followers that threw questions at me. All right. The importance of networking. Have Aiden talk about his networking as a minor league ball player. What do you got? I think it's very important. I think that the, I think as an athlete, you're immediately given an image and what you make of that kind of depends on what you do. So for me, I mean, I think that a lot of the time, if you're not like a high end or like high round guy, um, then you don't kind of already have that image. I think guys shy away from it because you don't want to put yourself out and like kind of look like a clown. Um, and I think for me coming to the, like the realization that like, I want to make the game better. I'm only in it. I don't know how long. And so if I can, like, if I don't start that now, then I'm not doing anything for the game and I'm not going to make it any better. Um, so almost like you have to get over yourself and like embarrassing yourself. So me being more active on social media, I'm sure some guys like think it's like funny or like think it's like whatever. And like, to me, it's like, I don't care anymore because if I can help one person or one kid, like just like keep playing a little bit longer or like enjoy something like or improve, then it's worth it to me. And so I would say marketing, I think it's just underplayed. And I think baseball tries to make you out to like, look like you care about yourself or like you're trying to be like too cool. And it's like every other sport, like the NBA, NFL, like they're like out there, like hyping each other up. And I think that's what baseball is. Right. Uh, The next one here, have Aiden talk about more of his workouts and walking on the tightrope. Does he do that for balance, strength, and does he relate that to pitching? I know you do those tightrope videos. Yeah. I uh, I do it just because I'm a little bit weird and I'm a little bit of a hippie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it started just... So actually, my brother started it before I ever got into it. Okay. And it was one of those things where... I don't know how he even started it, but I thought it was kind of cool. And, um, I didn't do it for a while though. And then again, you had a ton of downtime and I was like, it seems like it'd be something kind of fun. And I got kind of like started putting more time in, I mean, only like a year ago, really. So, I mean, I haven't been doing it too long. I've been doing it for a few years, but, um, so slacklining is just something, honestly, it's like something I just enjoy and it's something that helps me, um, kind of pass the time and also like be outdoors. So I really enjoy that, but I don't think it hurts as a pitcher. I don't think it hurts with like balance and strength and like all those things. Right. I also don't do it directly, like correlated to anything. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it helps, but, um, I just mostly do it cause it's kind of fun, but gotcha. there will be more slackline videos coming. I, I'm working on some stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> so season comes back, let's say next year goals, for next season, what are they? Are you trying to reach a certain level of play? Are you trying to strike out more or less guys than what you did the year before? Like, kind of walk me through what your goals would be for next year. I will be coming out. I'll be a reliever next year. Okay. Um, that was my plan for this year. That was kind of what we got to. And it works with age and kind of stuff. And right. um, kind of fits me a little bit better. So, I mean, I don't think I'll ever strike out as many people as I did last year. I don't think I'll have that inning opportunity. Um, goals for the year. I mean, I I think the goal for every minor leaguer is to get to double A as fast as possible. Right. And so, I mean, no different for me. I'm trying to get to double A as fast as possible, um, prove myself at a higher level, and kind of get established. But, um, yeah, I mean, I again, I'm going to do that through – I mean, high strikeouts. Again, that's why I like increasing below. I want to be mid to upper nine. Um, I want to strike out more people. I want to be a better rounded pitcher, though, too. So I need my walks to go down. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't focus. I don't kind of go in. I don't really do so many, like, as far as goals right now. But I do, like, kind of what I'm working towards and, right. like, what I think will help me. But, I mean, decreasing walks, increasing strikeouts, never a bad thing. So. All right, the last one's going to get a little bit crazy. So, uh, favorite off-the-field memory story that you have with your teammates? 
What's the craziest thing that's happened? <laughs> um, it's a lot of baseball. A lot of times. Um, <laughs> I think. I mean, there's a few. I think um, during my time, like in college, really before I was taking baseball kind of seriously and like training and like the whole aspect of it now, um, I definitely had a lot of fun. And so I was always um, going out with like the guys on the team. And so, like, I mean, HNU, we had kids. We had kids over Pappies for sure. Yeah. Um, what about what about I, I was, Berkeley over SF? I need to hear your thoughts on that. What do you okay, got from so that? Berkeley, I got um, depends on depends on situation, but I would say that for I think Berkeley honestly is easier because yeah. to go from Oakland to SF is a mission, and then depending on like where the night takes you, it's a mission to get back. Been so I mean, I've gotten some pretty. <laughs> Yeah, we got the um, we got some of those Uber fees on the way back when you're getting uh, what's it rush or yeah. um, during the surge, and I mean it's like two hundred dollars just to get back. So I'm gonna have to go with uh, go with Berkeley just for the ease. I think the best thing about being a college baseball player, and I think a lot of guys can kind of agree on this, is like the camaraderie. And there's the camaraderie on the field in the clubhouse. We didn't have clubhouses, so like in our cars in the parking lot. Um, right. But also, it's like going out, and it really is like if you have a good weekend, it's a ton of fun to go out with everyone. Right. Um, I mean, I did my share of like case races, uh, beer Olympics, all of that. Never lost. I will put that on record. Okay. Um, pretty. <laughs> maybe I lost in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember but, losing um, or winning? <laughs> If I lost, I don't remember, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a ton of fun. I met a ton of good people, like every school. I, I always think that like my journey of going to a bunch of different schools allowed me to meet a lot of different people who I now still have like relationships with. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I just like HNU was a blast. Like we made it fun Absolutely. and like we had our house on Georgia street and like Let's living go, with baby. you as a ton. And so this is something that I don't know since you got to ambush me with some stuff. Um, All right. I get to ambush you a little bit. Fire back. But, what you got? I mean, I think that getting to what it was five guys in a three bedroom at Georgia Street. Oh yeah, three bedroom. And two um, yeah, I mean, we had like fun. I think from all of, like the our icing wars that we had. Oh, um, the amount of so Drew's shower door didn't lock. Oh my um, god. So all, all it took was anytime Drew was going to jump in the shower and uh, we would give it a real quick uh, fill up an ice bucket in the kitchen and then just like slide the door open, dump it on him. And like, just like dumb stuff like that, I think is like... The sad part was I could um, do nothing about it. Like I tried so no, yeah. hard to stop it. I tried taking like you a would, two minute would, shower, like all this stuff and you guys still found a you way. Would, you would lie to us. Yeah. yeah. You would lie to us that you weren't showering. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that like, I think the environment and the camaraderie is what I, like I miss most about college baseball. Right. Um, cause I mean, you do get some of it in pro ball, but like also like God, you're older, like I don't drink anywhere near like I did in college. Right. Like I am. So I think even like my senior year was when that really changed like freshman through junior year. I mean, I wasn't a very good baseball player, but like I was going to be, I had a ton of fun. Like I was going to be the best at something. And, um, I think that that was when like senior year that shifted. I went dead sober for like five months. Yeah. Um, no, and then like, committed yeah, to I mean, it, man, like seriously. You're yeah. Like senior and year. it like shifted everything. And so like, right. and even now, I mean, I think last year to this year in pro ball, like even now it's like, I'm just more and more understanding it and um, more and more committed. And I think a lot of people like who say the whole, like they want to do all this work and they want to train, but like, it's like, it's everything. And I can't emphasize that enough that like people drastically it's the stand efforting line like people drastically like think that they're doing more than they are right so but yeah georgia street was a ton of fun though i had a i had a blast we uh we looked at <laughs> looked the place up a little bit oh man that place uh, <laughs> a lot of good memories at that place dude some damage last some damage week done. talk about real quick your senior day we touched on it earlier and then graduations like three days later or so that, that week, whatever it was. And I remember like things just coming to an end and 
we were just mimosa, mimosa, mimosa in the mornings. And we, you were getting all these letters coming in and just talk about like the shit. We were it was doing. a, it was, so it was a hell fun. of a week. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, so I pitched on a Wednesday graduation was what, Saturday. Uh, yes. Had to be Saturday, Saturday right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, my senior day is on Wednesday. I got 20 questionnaires between Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yep. so I remember right. it was, um, cause obviously like senior day, um, our families are in town, like they're throwing kind of like parties. Yeah. We're going through graduation and all this. And I'm trying to fill out questionnaires and like some teams questionnaires are super easy. They're online. Like, and then yeah. some of them are like 20 page papers. Um, so I think it was that like, I want to say it was like Friday. And we had like a big family party that night with like everyone. And I woke up at like 6 a.m. just to get like questionnaires going. Yeah. And for some reason, everybody else woke up at like 7. Um, and I'm just like filling out, filling out um, questionnaires, trying to like keep up with mimosas, trying to like also focus, and like yeah. finish some of these. Um, but yeah. I think that that was like probably the, some of the busiest like four days. And then we had like graduated on Saturday. We're having to move out. Like yeah. I'm having to like fix, fix holes in the house. There's just like, <laughs> we're having to like, we're having to like move everything out of our bedroom. Right. So yeah. yeah. But, um, did get all the questionnaires filled out. It just, I just remember that. Yeah. It was an experience. Yeah. That's good, man. Um, <laughs> so kind of come to a close here. Is there anybody that you want to shout out specifically? I mean, yeah. I, honestly, the list is ridiculously long. Um, from my time from high school to every college. Um, so I'll just kind of go with the most, like, through my time at HNU, obviously, it was, like, my friends who really got me through that. Um, and they were, like, teammates, friends, but really, like, kind of accepted, I guess, where I was at and um, what I was trying to do. and. So, I mean, like the guys I lived at with Georgia Street, like you, John, Evan, like it was a blast. Like, honestly, couldn't have asked for a better time. Guys, like, like that list goes on. And that's the whole, like, we got Jeff, we got Ryan, we got Nelly, we got Hop. Like, yeah. and so I'm pretty, like, uh, Brandon and Garrett would be upset if I didn't mention them. But um, <laughs> I would say that, Poor like, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephanie Garcia, our athletic trainer, was life changing to the me. Best. I think that every person on that team thinks that she is like the best trainer they've ever had and had a huge role on them. So she's just um, an amazing person outside of being a trainer. Yeah. That's like, she's, I mean, she's just like, she, uh, helped me kind of develop in a lot of ways. Um, and again, like, uh, coach Esteban, all the other coaches who were there during my time, the thing I'm always most grateful for is like, they gave me that chance. Other teams weren't, other schools weren't. Um, so shout out Esteban. And I think that that program is moving in the right direction. I do. Too. And I would, I would really like to see it like continue to improve. Like I care about the guys who are there right now, even if I don't know them because of that, like I want that program to get better. Yeah. There's and, always going to be that um, connection deep down. You know, once you go there, you're going to want them to succeed in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I'll, and then again, my, my family has been, through this just I mean from start to finish and so my mom and dad have been there and kind of like just contributed to everything um my brothers have been great and like that's like I've had non-stop support my sister's family and like her through like helping me finish all my schooling at HNU um and other places she's a very good writer she helps me a lot yeah <laughs> um but yeah I'm I'm like I'm happy with how it kind of all I guess got written up and I mean uh, my time at HNU will always be extremely like valuable to me. And, um, it also, I mean, that's like, uh, it like, it's played a big role, I guess, in my life. So I want to get this on the record because I feel like I know the answer to it, but who was the toughest hitter? One of the toughest hitters that you faced at Holy Names University. Are you talking about guys from HNU? Yeah. From HNU. <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> wow it's a, it's an ambush question um so lifetime because we know uh, they're listening here <laughs> um lifetime i threw uh we threw a bunch of inner squads 
And I would say out of all of those, I would give props to my man, Drew Gorder. Let's go, baby. Um, for being the, <laughs> toughest, the toughest out during my time at HNU. Um, yeah, for, for whatever reason. I had to get that on the record because I know you said yeah, yeah. it a few times, but I wanted I to get it on tape. That way I can I say. Said, I should have <laughs> said someone else. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's a few guys like who like hit me fairly well, though. And yeah. so, I mean, there's a few guys also just hit a lot. So, yeah, you know who you are, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one. I'll give that one to you. I didn't, I didn't hit you out very much, so fair enough. All right. Well, um, Aiden, thank you for coming on today. I've had a blast uh, talking to you, and thank you for taking the time out to you know, come on here and support me for the first episode. I know seven months ago we did one and it was just kind of a seed that was planted yeah. in my, in the mind, you know, and it, it took off from there. So I'm glad that I kind of stuck to it and that you kind of helped me through the process. So I really appreciate you doing that, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, that was what I want to say kind of on air for you is like, I'm proud that you did follow through and like the whole, I know that it was something that you were interested in and something you wanted to do and you made it happen. So not many people do that. So props let's go baby <laughs> all right aiden thank you for coming on and i uh, look forward Absolutely. to talking to you soon man sounds good